episode 59 we got repeat guest vince quicksilver once again yeah my kickboxing coach boxing coach kickboxing yes kickboxing. sir yes yeah. sir dude vince welcome back so what's been happening over the last month man well i'm pretty sure we covered it the last podcast <laughs> like two weeks ago <laughs> nothing much uh what's been happening with you justin we just had our American Heart Association walk. Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, it was great. Good turnout. Uh, we were all not ran. Some of the people ran. Some of the people walked. Uh, majority walked all the way up to the post office, two miles, and then come back. Nice. One mile up, one mile down. Uh, it was cool. We had some vendors. We had, like, some massage therapy gun stations. Um, it was a good time. I think... It's just good to have something like that. And of course, you know, for people watching, uh, we were careful. <clears throat> you know, we weren't, we were in like pods and, you know, groups of 10 at a time and stuff like that. Uh, because that is a big thing going on right now. Yeah. So, and it's, to me, it's just crazy how it got political. So I'm like, oh, I got to just stay out of this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, getting yeah. political. Um, but, you know, and that's why. I really believe like fighting sickness with fitness, man. It's so important because uh, immune system, getting the sunshine, yeah, vitamin D, vitamin D, exercising, eating good food. Um, and I just want to quickly share about hormones because I just went for a run because I was like, man, kind of feeling down this morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just went two miles. Uh, came back, took a cold shower, and I was like, okay, I'm like good to go. You're back. And uh, it's crazy because there's four major happy hormones, happy hormones they call it. There's endorphins, the one we get from exercise and all that good stuff. Uh, number two is there's dopamine. Dopamine is that sense of like accomplishment or if you eat something that's really good. Serotonin. So you eat sweets. Hmm? Is that another serotonin? Yeah, serotonin is a sense of well-being. And then oxytocin is when you grab uh, physical touch, high fives, fist bumps, um, all that good stuff. And it's really crazy because now with social distancing, most people aren't getting serotonin. Yeah. Um, so some forms of serotonin, <laughs> I was just looking this up. You can hug a dog. Yeah, just touch. Yeah, you gotta just hug a dog. You have an animal, pet Spike. your dog. Yeah, it spikes up. Or have them just cuddle next to you. If you have a partner, do that. You have all the cuddles. <laughs> get hugs. Yeah. Consensual get hugs. hugs. Yeah, consensual hugs. But yeah, those are the main four happy hormones. And when you run, you actually get three of them. Oh, you dang. get endorphins because your physical activity. You get dopamine because it's a sense of accomplishment that oh I just did it. And then the third one you get serotonin, a sense of well being. Only one you don't get is the physical touch, mm -hmm. oxytocin. Which you high five somebody which, running past you? Yeah, which you can get oxytocin in martial arts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I didn't even think of because that. Because martial arts or or I would say martial arts or contact sports, football included. Yeah. Um yeah. certain which is why when you see athletes or players or, you know, people in that zone and they're going, it's almost like they're happier when they're tired. Yeah, yeah. Like you see them like 20 minutes into a, you know, something or 40 minutes in, they're all like sweating, exhausted, and then they're colliding, they're battling, but then they look kind of happy. Yeah. They look kind of at peace. That's because they're probably hitting all four happy hormones. That's insane. Yeah. I never thought about that. So one. contact sports are one of the healthiest things we can do for our own happiness. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why people love, uh, I know the previous podcast, it's got to get hobbies, yeah, <laughs> fishing, yeah, yeah. hunting, yeah. you know, because those you get all four as well too, uh -huh. because you're on the pursuit. So you get your endorphins. So hunting, fishing, and then you get your dopamine. If you catch something, boom, yeah, I did it. I accomplished it. Um, and then you get serotonin, a sense of well being, And then you also get oxytocin because you're carrying that fish. It's like, yeah, I got it. Physical, yeah. Physical touch. Um, and so I guess we can get oxytocin with hobbies. Just make sure you do your hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone go do your hobbies. Go do your hobbies. Yeah. So it's crazy. I just thought about that after running this morning. Today? Like, oh, just right now. Dang. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, there's four hormones. And see, the brain starts going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain starts going. Do you and listen you know, to music when you run? I do. 
I listen to music, I'll listen to a podcast, I listen to audiobooks. Just something to kind of like feed the brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I usually um, listen to a podcast. Yeah. Like this time I was listening to um uh podcast by it was actually really good. Jocko and Hicks and Gracie. Oh nice. Holy oh, wait, snap. Hicks and Gracie. Hicks and Hicks Yeah, Rickson. Rickson. Hicks yeah. and Gracie. Yeah. It was a really good podcast. Um and I just read a book. I don't know if you read this before. It's by Robert Drysdale. Okay. Uh, so that guy, he's an American jiu-jitsu, uh, American born Brazilian, American and Brazilian born, right? He has two, two uh, American and a Brazilian parent. And he is a legend uh, because, I mean, not only for all he's done in the sport, yeah, yeah. but just the spreading the awareness of jiu-jitsu. Um, uh, yeah, he's a pioneer for sure. And the thing is, I read his book. I think it was called Open Guard. I literally just read the whole thing in one sitting. Holy smokes. Man, it was like I went obsessed. It was like 7 p.m. I stopped reading right before 10 p.m. And Because I was getting tired. I was like, man, just read. Boom, boom, boom. Read the whole book about the origins of jujitsu. It was man. pretty sick, bro. Um, and I had no idea that uh, Drysdale graduated with a degree in history. So... Legit. Yeah, legit. That's why he wants to know, like, where it originated. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty cool because with with jujitsu, how he had the story accounts of dozens of people. Um, not only the Gracie family, outside of the Gracie family, Americans, uh, judokas, kodokan, the or, I mean, the whole origin, nine yards. I was like, dang, this is pretty cool. And for people listening for the first time, Jiu-Jitsu exploded in 1993 when Hoist Gracie UFC, just yeah. won the first UFC. Uh, it really blew up there. Um, but that's like where mainstream America found Came out. Into the picture. <clears throat> and so just from the recollections, I would love to get Drysdale. we got to get that guy on. Yeah. Um, just from the recollections from the book, and, and I could be totally wrong because there's no facts, right? It's just people's opinions and news clips and yeah, newspapers yeah. at the time. Like his understanding of what happened. Yeah, of all the other accounts. So from all the other people, what it sounded like was that Jigoro Kano, who is the founder of judo, came from uh, a jiu-jitsu style called Kitoryu Jiu-Jitsu. Um, which was mainly standing techniques to fend off multiple attackers because back in those days in the samurai and the bandits and all that you would be it was starting to get very rare people would be honorable fight one-on-one -on -one. yeah yeah so you gotta fight off multiple and what do you do you're not gonna go ground if you're you know fighting multiple, multiple. you attackers, just boom yeah. grab throw trip sweep run away um and so, Kito, Kita, was it Kitaryu or Kitoryu? But anyway, one of those, uh, the names. Um, and this was during the Meiji era, right after the samurai got abolished. Mm. So, what was really interesting from just what I read, I'd love to be clarified or corrected. Leave your comments if, uh, if I'm wrong. <clears throat> what was really cool is right after that Meiji era, this is after the war, the... Samurai versus the Imperial Army. And the Imperial Army won. Wait, what year was this? Gosh, this must have been the mid 1800. I, I think it was 1868. So but like I can't be sure. 1200 years ago ish? Uh, no, just a. 200 years ago? Just 150. Oh, dang, dude, my yeah. math sucks. So this is like my great grandparents' age, uh, which is nuts. Oh, dang, that is not long That's ago. Not See, long. I'm in my head, I'm picturing like thousands of years ago you know yeah but it's only a few hundred right sorry i jumped straight so it's just was that 2000 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's 150 years ago yeah 150 so about four generations gotcha gotcha you're great greats. Um, yeah my yeah great greats um but what was really cool is during that era it was evolving uh no longer you needed warrior class no longer samurai it was evolving from what i read from the book from Western influences, which was uh, evolving Japan. Um, and so Jigoro Kano, he also realized this. This is a quote that was in the book that was sourced. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it. But he said that he found jujitsu really fascinating 
because it allowed a weak person to defeat a bigger and stronger opponent. Wait, O'Connell? Jigoro O'Connell said that. Because uh, you where, can, did, where did he find jujitsu? So he found that in Japan. So jujitsu, samurai jujitsu, has been around since a recorded paper history, 1300 AD. Because it was the art of the samurai to kill people. Yeah, yeah. And jujitsu literally just translates into uh, gen- gentle techniques. But it was used to kill. Um, and there's all sorts of variation. There's lots of schools. I, from the book, there was hundreds of jujitsu schools, apparently, back in the day. Mm-hmm. With different samurai schools teaching a certain way. I'm sure that certain schools taught it with... You know, you take them down, you slash their neck. I mean, some crazy. I mean, this back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah. Anything goes. Anything goes. And so that was really cool. And then the, re- yeah, recorded history was 1300, but spoken it was like way way before that too. I mean, all part of the world have some sort of grappling, whether it's like Greco-Roman yeah, or yeah. you know way back in the day. Um, so Jigoro Kano came from this Kitaryu and this other style. He had two styles of jiu-jitsu, two jiu-jitsu masters. And during that Meiji era, jiu-jitsu had a bad connotation because it had the connotation of prize fighting um, and drawing spectacles of, look, watch me. I'm going to beat this guy up using these techniques, using jiu-jitsu. Um, and so Jigoro Kano wanted to, ste- wanted to kind of separate from that because he wanted the everyday person to learn the importance of martial arts and culture because he he could see that the essence of the warrior this is from the book he could see i forget whose account this was that he could see the warrior spirit dying off mm-hmm. of like <clears throat> discipline honor and the way of the uh, samurai bushido and so he really wanted to kind of make it into more of an educational program where you could, of course, learn uh, judo, some techniques, but then also learn the discipline part of, you know, being disciplined, cultured, standing in line, bowing, showing up on time, just creating better humans from what I was reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really cool because this was probably early 19 or late 1800s. So just about 100, 100 years ago. Um, and the, the really interesting thing about this whole thing was he repackaged it as judo because he wanted it to be the way the word do just means way. So instead of the jujitsu techniques, instead of you know techniques, he wanted to call it the way, the way of gentle. Um, and it worked because he would fight, uh, and then of course there was a big clash <clears throat> because the old school jujitsu schools were like, hey, what are you doing repackaging our jujitsu yeah, into yeah. this new thing called judo? What is that? And so he, the stories that were in the book. Um, <laughs> were almost like they were they were battling they would send like Jigoro Kano would send some of his best, best guys from judo to fight some of the guys in uh, jujitsu and it was really interesting because there's multiple stories in the book man this is why I gotta get Drysdale on this that jujitsu was winning uh, a lot of the fights um, because just because, you know, they were doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually when it came to like this major fight scene in front of the emperor to decide which art was going to be propagated, spread in Japan, Jigoro Kano brought old school jujitsu techniques, ashigarami, footlocks. And I was like, judo, wait, what? Jigoro Kano, judo, they brought back footlocks. In judo. In judo. To beat these jujitsu guys. Oh my gosh! Isn't that crazy? History because repeats itself. History repeats itself. So, so that's just from one recollection. So I'm not 100 percent sure if that's what went down. But one of the stories in the book was talking about that. That Jigoro Kano would use ashigarami uh, leg techniques to to beat the jujitsu yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, and so from there, judo became the martial Premier. art for Japan. And jujitsu started dying off. Um, and what was really interesting, it wasn't that jujitsu was dying off. 
it was just more so the thought process of jujitsu, which is the reason why when Mitsuyo Maeda was training under Kano, um, I think this was in the 20s, 1920s, that the judo techniques were all jujitsu techniques. It was just packaged in a way <coughs> that it was more of an education in terms of like self-defense because yeah, yeah. throwing someone is much more practical in, at that time than how do we get them to the ground and just start from the ground. And so, plus yet is the Kitoryu Jiu-Jitsu style, which is mainly Tachiwaza, standing techniques. Um, but anyway, Maeda, and his, his, he went to, he was like the third or fourth guy to leave Japan to spread Judo. So one story says Kano didn't want to spread Judo outside of Japan. Another story said that Kano wanted to spread Judo outside of Japan. So it's like, you know, believe what we want. One, but... Uh, the thing was, Connell sent a handful of students outside the country. So those are facts, right? So whether it's one way or the other way, um, the fact was there was a handful of Japanese judokas that would go to America, Europe, all these places. Now, my, uh, Mitsuyo Maeda, he would eventually go to all over the world, make his way to Brazil. And in Brazil, from the stories and recollections of the people interviewed, <clears throat> they were talking about is if was this judo or jujitsu and Maeda used them interchangeably because to him and at that time it seems like it was the same thing because the same standing throw in judo is the same standing throw in jujitsu mm -hmm. in, in Japanese jujitsu the same sankakujime triangle choke is the same triangle choke. I mean, all the techniques are the same. Yeah, yeah. It's just how it's taught and how the influence is. And Maeda, <clears throat> and if you think about jiu-jitsu now, just, I'm kind of skipping now. If you think about jiu-jitsu now, the Brazilian influence really did take over because you don't see, like even to this day in judo, the recollection is really cool because they're talking about how in Japan, in judo, everybody bows. Boom. When I did judo in high school, same thing. You're bowing. Boom. Everybody gets up at the same exact time. You, you bow at the same time. And in some Brazilians still have that, right, where you're bowing you, or you stand in line by rank. So there's still that Japanese influence. But the majority of jiu-jitsu people now, they have more of a Brazilian influence uh, show up. You know, after warm up, ah, skip yeah, the warm yeah. ups. Um, you know, just yeah. I, I'm just gonna roll, and I'm just gonna roll today. I don't need technique, just jump in and roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, versus in Japan, that'd be unheard of. You show almost like a surfer learn like yeah, a martial art. Yeah, the surfer culture that merged with uh, that was there in Brazil, yep. merged with jiu jitsu, and so I'd say I'd probably say like majority is that way. The more like free culture of like, hey, it doesn't matter what rank you are, it doesn't matter what school you go, let's just yeah, all yeah. train. And then a minority still is old school traditional, which is like you're going to stand in line by rank. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, we're all going to bow to the sensei. We're going to bow to grandmaster. And, you know, and, and that's cool, too, because that's the tradition part, which is still alive in judo. So that's something that's pretty cool. Um, whether that's good or bad is, you know, yeah. up to, you know, person listening. Um, but it's just really cool how that book really opened my mind about like, huh. Some stories say that Maeda never met Carlos Gracie. Oh, dang. Yeah. Some stories say they did. Some stories said there was a few months. And uh, other people were just saying, yeah, they've never met. Who they've met was Maeda's student. Which is still cool, right? Which is still cool, uh, Maeda's student. Wait who they met was Maeda's student. Yeah. And not Maeda himself. Not Maeda himself. So I was like, huh. Because there's no proof. It was just yeah, yeah, yeah. one person's word. And other people at that age um, were like, no, he's never met him. It was his father, Gastel Gracie, that met. Um, but then also there's like myth and legend, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's lost in translation. And so people really don't know. And when people were asking in the book, who promoted Carlos Gracie to black belt? They said himself. 
because I mean there was nobody yeah, to promote to, him. to promote um, and it's just such a interesting book I mean I loved it I was just like oh man like this is what's the name of it again uh, I think it was called Open Guard Closed Guard Open Guard Closed Guard I think yeah and like it, modern day jiu-jitsu uh, like the triangle chokes and all that came from judo and the classical jiu-jitsu because there's books from 1300 AD drawings 1300s of people doing um, arm locks and kimuras and triangle chokes and foot locks 1300 AD in Japan and so and even closed guard closed guard open guard so that was the thing in the book where I think I, th- I think it was in the book Elio was saying he invented jujitsu or he invented the guard mm-hmm. but the guard was there from 1300 in drawing but even maybe he like um, he thought def- he invented it he definitely know? altered it a lot though like I mean in terms of like usage and of course of course yeah 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 um, what was really interesting was um, when uh, and I love I love the family I'm thankful for the family because the guy who promoted me is a Hicks and Gracie black belt so like the Gracie family I'm, I'm really thankful uh, but what's interesting is that um, the, the whole notion that judo was made for the tough strong people uh, because that was the pitch though that was a marketing pitch you think about it uh, the marketing pitch, which which there were great business and marketers, were that, you know, jujitsu. But but there's I can't even say that because there's so much in that <laughs> the three hours that I read. Yeah, yeah. About the World War Two happening, which completely changed everything. Uh, the fact that Japan became an Olympic sport in the '60s changed everything. The Japan, fact, judo became an Olympic sport. Olympic sport, yeah. That's when judo evolved so much into the sport it is now. Um, because when Jigoro Kano was still teaching it, which is why Maeda and these guys who went to Brazil and America would would do submissions, was because in judo, there was called tachiwaza and newaza. Tachiwaza was all standing techniques, standing throws, sweeps, all that. Newaza were the sweeps, bottom sweeps arm bars, submissions, choke holes, leg locks, they were all there. And slowly by slowly, Kano and Judo started removing the dangerous techniques because people would get hurt. Mm. So he would just eliminate it, which made sense to get rid of foot locks at the time. Yeah, I know, dude, if you, get, if you had an ACL tear in those times, you're yeah. just like never doing Judo never again. healing. Because there was no, I mean, what are you gonna do? You, you, you tear your knee or yeah, Achilles. Yeah. Especially in those times, it wasn't even ice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go get some ice. A hundred years ago. Probably didn't even know to put ice on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, what do I do? I can't walk. Yeah. Yeah. I can't work. And back then. And then I, I'm done. Now I die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, back then, imagine like most jobs are probably physical labor. Yeah. And if you You're can't, worthless if you, you can't move. You can't, you can't do anything. You can't be a farmer. You can't. I mean, there's so much things you can't do it yeah. back in those days. And so it made sense. And that's why I understand which is interesting because there's some criticism of like, oh, you know, the judo. But for the time being, when you when, when there's context into what the country evolution was, it's like, oh, that's what he was doing. That makes sense. And it's so crazy because towards the end of the book, he was saying that I forget who it was, but that jujitsu came full circle. Originally, jujitsu was used for the samurai to kill. Mm-hmm. Then it became. Oh, it's for the people now. Th- then, yeah, then it became jujitsu for prize fighting, professional fights. Jigoro Kano would say, "If you want to be a professional fighter, get out of here." Yeah, and so he like totally was against professional fighting, fighting for money, uh, fighting for a spectacle too. He yeah, was against yeah. it. This is why I believe that after reading the book and all these accounts, that Maeda would refer to it as judo and jujitsu. Because he didn't want to tarnish the judo name, so he would call it by the original name. These are jujitsu techniques, that, and then judo is more like a like a way of system. But it's crazy how it came full circle. Now yeah. look, jujitsu. Everyone's the, doing it. Yeah, everyone's doing it. Prize fighting, this professional jujitsu athletes. Yep, yep. Professional MMA fighters got no jujitsu, and, and and it's just it's just so crazy. It went full circle. That is insane. 
Over the span of what? 200 years? 120 years. 120? Yeah, that's not that long. That's crazy too with like the internet and like yeah, everyone's all linked together. Yeah. Like the techniques just get... My feed is just guys all over the world doing all these techniques that I've... You know, maybe some I've seen, some I haven't. And then just sharpening everyone else's techniques. Yeah. And it's crazy because... At the same time, oh my god, I completely forgot about Kosen Judo. So Kosen Judo, so the, the Judo I was talking about is called Kodokan. That's the, that's the, uh, that's Jigoro Kano's Judo, Kodokan. That's the one where it's very sports, where it's just throw and done. Kosen, Kosen Judo is basically 80% ground, 20% stand up. From who made that? There, there, so that was the question in the book, and nobody knows exactly who. Uh, but it was at a university in Japan that were like, hey, uh, the, the suspicion is because Japanese people typically aren't brash. They're going to be like, oh, I'm going to become, you know, they're not usually like that. And so they're not exactly sure who initially did that. But the uh, university in Japan came to the consensus of like, hey, we cannot forget about the ground techniques. You know, we're, we're doing too much standing emphasis. Uh, 80% standing, 20% ground. It's like once you get them on the ground and then they done. stand back up. Yeah. You know, then what? You throw yeah. them again? Right. And w- when he made it with the intention, it made sense because he said that if you're fighting multiple attackers as a martial art and then you have two people coming at you, you got to quickly throw and disengage, throw, disengage. And, you know, I understand that, uh, which is why he put the rule of like, if you're on the, he said if you're on the ground for more than 30 seconds a second person can kick you or punch you in the head which makes sense yeah, so yeah. it's not optimal so that I understand but it's just when it evolved too much um, and it's so crazy it came full circle but going back to Colson Judo it became a thing for a couple reasons from what I read was that number one it's easier for people learning Judo for the first time to practice newaza ground techniques if you're already 18 so let's just say you go to university you go to college and if you heard about judo at 18 to be slammed around hundreds of times a day uh can be a little shocking and rough versus you know you maybe do 20 percent, so you do like 10 throws 10 throws left mm-hmm. and right and the rest is all ground fighting kind of like jujitsu almost yeah, yeah. right they said that that's much easier to teach and retain people if you're learning judo at 18. Just flying bodies across the room yes. for an hour. Yes. Versus like if you if you started judo when you're like five or six and your body's soft and nimble, you know how to land and you've been thrown hundreds of times, by the time you're 18, no factor. Yeah, yeah. But if you're starting out 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, it's much easier to learn kosen judo, which is mostly ground techniques. Mm-hmm. And what was really cool in the book, Robert Drysdale was talking about, was that the evolution of jujitsu? If you show a Kosen judo player a lot of techniques, they would have known it. Dang. So it, he was saying that up until like maybe 2010, like the Berimbolos, mm-hmm. the lapel guards, besides those, they already were doing these things, omoplatas. Holy smack. Because the triangle kind of came around like in the 60s, right? So the tri- a triangle was new to Brazil. Um, a triangle and omoplata was new to Brazil, like all these things, and it was going back into like up until the '90s and the 2000s that most of the submissions that we thought in America or Brazil that was new, uh, they were already doing it in Japan, yeah, yeah, which is nuts, but it makes sense. That you kind of do. I mean, a lot of the moves. I mean, if you think hard enough, you could probably recreate the same one. So it's not like you're copying the old move you're just recreating a version of the same move that was already created yeah and it makes sense because he was talking about how as a human uh we're all biologically basically the same you know if you hyper extend my elbow yeah just like how fitness hasn't evolved Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, in terms of like fundamentals you're squatting you're hinging at the hips to pick things up yeah you're pushing things away you're pulling things to you uh, you're curling things to you. I mean, it's very high rate up, high rate down. Yeah. How long? Yeah, you're gonna run. You're gonna go swim. Um, most things are not invented, right? Like in fitness, 
and that's why it makes sense martial arts too and all the cool things are expensive if you yeah <laughs> yeah dude i always get stuff in my feet i like click on it and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> this spar bar is two grand yeah you know those things where people like punch and it goes around punch and it goes around yeah that's They're two grand so expensive wow you can get a knockoff one for like 400 bucks yeah but it's still expensive for a not knockoff one yeah and see it's just crazy because same with fitness right um i i've seen like i mean we've all seen them we've all seen them fitness equipment being sold for like five grand yeah. three grand yep it's like especially if you're on amazon just like adding to your cart it's just like yeah stacks up yeah um and it's so interesting because most of us from my experience working with um lots of people the thing that they want is not so much the equipment itself or because when people buy a shiny object it's cool for like a, a little weeks, yeah but maybe a couple long term huh? after six months what happens we're hanging clothes on it yeah <laughs> or from what i hear from our yep. people um what they want is of course the outcome whatever it is get more fit lose weight get stronger whatever it is but then also to get there what they need what we need is some sort of community and accountability of like oh well if i don't show up which is why it's much different from like the the gyms that you can just show up anytime 24 yeah, yeah. 24 hours uh, seven days a week i think it was like 90 percent of people don't use their membership yeah i didn't yeah they got me though. They, I paid like twenty seven dollars. I paid like two hundred down, twenty seven dollars a month, and then um, they like upped it and upped it again, and then upped it a third time, and it was like forty five dollars a month. But then I was like, well, I can't cancel my membership because if I s decide to come back, then I gotta pay more per month. Wow! But I never, <laughs> I never went. So I just paid twenty seven dollars for no reason. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, that's a good example where big box gyms they actually don't want you to go because yeah. if all 100 percent memberships go then it oh, collapses the gym can't handle capacity everyone's trying to get in mm -hmm. but nobody not enough equipment yeah that so, was a huge problem in 24. you yeah. can even find parking yeah i'll be circling forever like can i just i just don't want to have to park across the street exactly <laughs> and so that's 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 the problem 90% of people, uh, I think it was 90%, so I forget the exact number, was that either they don't use it or they don't get the results, which is nuts. Um, and, you know, the whole cheap thing and everything. But Im imagine this. If you want an outcome, would you, would you pay, you know, would you trust someone that's charging you $1,000 if they said you have a heart condition and you might die in six months? And say, oh, I, I charge a thousand bucks to fix your heart, versus the heart surgeon who says, I'm the best in the world or in the country. I charge fifty grand. Yeah, yeah. I'm more likely to trust that guy. Like, uh, the yeah, 50 grand guy, like, yep. I don't think the thousand dollar guy is gonna yeah, fix yeah, my heart. Yeah, I'm not looking for a buy one get one <laughs> no. free <laughs> discount no, dude, no. on a heart. No, that's when you look for value. Yeah, yeah. It's like I might actually die. Yeah. And but same with fitness, right? Um, because I remember this before. Uh, when someone was like, um, they asked me, Justin, you know, and you, no, usually this doesn't happen. Everyone's pretty cool about it. But once in a while, I'll have someone say, hey, Justin, um, you know, you're, you're charging a little bit too much and this and this. And I, I, I think it's a little bit too much. I said, oh, oh, why do you feel that? Well, my neighbor, he's doing personal training for 20, 20 25 bucks yeah, a yeah, session. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, awesome. How's it going? Right. And then so I would ask. Uh, I'm just going to make up a name, uh, John, John, you know, okay, let's just pretend money was out of the equation. Who would you go with? Oh, oh yeah. Well, you, I'm here. Okay. Uh, why? Well, because of this, because of your past experiences, because of the people you got results for the, and all this stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, would it be reasonable, John, that if your neighbor that's charging 20 bucks, you know, was good at getting people results and you know all this stuff that he would be charging 20 bucks still you know and it's like uh well probably not when you break it down like that you know <laughs> yeah it's like uh well okay 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 you got me yeah that makes sense that makes sense um and then once in a while you know i'll it 
it's crazy because we're just like, okay, you know, cool. Um, just go try it out and then see how it goes. And sometimes people will go try it out. Um, and then they'll say like, man, I tried that for one year. Uh, I actually didn't get anything. I got hurt. Oh, oh wait, what happened? Yeah. Degressing. My neighbor, uh, yeah, 20, 25 bucks an hour. Um, personal training, one-on-one, private. And he would just be on his phone. He would just like, when I was doing the raps, I was squatting and he would just be on his phone. I was like, oh. Oh my gosh. What, really? So he wasn't watching your technique or form. Nope, nope. He was just on his phone. He actually took a call with somebody uh, and said, just keep going. Oh, and no. uh, so I got hurt. Uh, so I had to go chiropractic care. And then I had to go, I had to go pay this. Paid I had to go pay a massage. I said, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad you're here. You know, welcome back. Um, but, man, I, I'm so sorry. That's my fault. I should have convinced you to stay here oh, yeah, yeah. a year ago. That's my fault. He was like, what are you talking about? I should have convinced you more to just pay more then so, because you end up paying more, right? He's like, yeah, chiropractic care and massage. I just ended up paying a lot more. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I made that mistake. I let you go. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm never losing anyone again. Like, no. You no. lost a soldier. Yeah. Especially if it's for like a, uh, like a money thing, right? I was like, oh. But that's why I like, we love the groups because literally the groups break down to if you work out three times a week, it's literally 13 bucks a workout Dang. and we can, anybody can pay 13 bucks a workout. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a plate lunch. Actually, exactly. plate lunches cost more sometimes now. Yeah. I thought you're in the ballpark. Yeah. A decent plate lunch. Yeah, running 13, 13 Dude, bucks. Back in my day, it was $7. Yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah. I remember getting a plate lunch for $7. I know. Then it was like ten dollars. Are you kidding me? Not thirteen is like standard. Yeah, I remember uh, right over here. Um, what's the what's the store? Blazing Not steaks. Blazing steaks. Yep. Six fifty, six ninety nine or something. It was like, like that. a special. It was like seven bucks, and you can get a big plate. Yeah, I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, and could I get an Arizona? That's gonna be sixteen dollars. How much was the Arizona? How much was the Arizona? <laughs> Jeez, please. Arizona, dude. <laughs> right, that's the one, man. Yep. Big green can. They nice and sugary. It's so good at that, man. People know <laughs> so how to sell sugar. that. It's like, just put it right and, there. And you're just like, well, it's got ginseng in it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're justified. Yeah, it's pretty healthy. I got, yeah. And it's never actually 99 cents, but it's no. on the can. Yeah. And it ends up being like twice as much. It's yeah. Like, it's like $1.49, please. It says 99 cents <laughs> on the can. I know. Uh, but yeah, it's just... Uh, that's another interesting thing too. Uh, Inflation, dude, it's really high this year. Dude, it's crazy. Like it's it's almost it's what was it? It's what almost become cliche to be say like, oh, I mean, prices are so expensive here, you know. But it's like, dang, prices are expensive. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's it's like um, like I'm a, I'm totally an amateur at finance and economics, totally an amateur. But um, just from the limited knowledge and that I know, it, it, it's so incredible because it's like the dollar is just losing its value. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, you see the gas prices just poof, shot up. Uh, groceries went up. It's like you get the same hundred bucks at Costco or whatever, and you get a lot less. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Dude, I got four things. I remember, what the heck? Yeah, I got four things. What the? Back in the day, a hundred bucks gave me a full car. Yeah. And now it's like what i gotta spend two, two i just filled the top bucks. half yeah and it's crazy because it's just like the the dollar just losing its power like this year inflation ate 5.4 percent holy smoke yeah according to i forget what it was um 5.4 percent usually it's 1.9 2 point you know two percent so that means and it's a silent killer because imagine if you leave a hundred dollars in your bank and last year to this year imagine if you saw the money go from 100 bucks to 94 bucks and 50 cents you'd be tripping out you'd be like wait what, what happened what happened to my what what but that's inflation um and it's crazy because imagine that every year Until and that's like why 70 like, like, yeah bro that's why I like our um the previous generation that would say things like dude i hope buy a coca-cola for a quarter yeah 
or I, I would buy a spam musa B for a quarter or a nickel or a dime. Dime. Even. I remember my mom said, "Ah, oh, musa B used to be a dime." I would look for a dime. I'm like, yeah. a dime? You know what a dime would get me now? Nothing. Not even a gumball. Would give me nothing, bro. Nothing. Yeah, not a even a gumball. It yeah. only takes quarters. Yeah, dude, a quarter would be a gum stick. Like you go to like a yeah, random that's store, like you're balling. Give and me you, some baseball cards yeah. and, a, and some juicy fruit, and you're good to go. And that was it. But that's what uh, inflation does. Yeah. Every year. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Finance. It's almost like we're playing a real life video game. Yeah. Is, like, yeah, it is. It's crazy, because I used to pl- love playing video games. And people listening, man, RuneScape, RuneScape, dude, I, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. RuneScape. People listening, it's a RPG game. Yeah, mining coal, cutting trees. It's like if you're good enough, you get to do all the cool stuff, but you have to have almost no life. Yeah. Constantly, unless you could make like a what is it like bots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was like later on, but. Yeah, RuneScape, it, w- it wouldn't take much for you to, like, mine. You, like, you knew what you had to do. Do this, go here, get the money, buy this, get a cool thing. Yeah. Same, like, life. You know, you just, like, show up, do the work, get the money, invest the money. Yeah. You know, take the risk, fight the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully win. Yeah. And then collect that pot of gold. Yeah. And... You know, RuneScape was one of the first times as a as a kid or teenager that I really got obsessed and sh- proved to myself I can do crazy things because you remember how hard it became to level up like in real life to, to let's just say to learn your job. It's easy to learn at first. It's like, oh my God, I'm learning so much, learn so much. It's like but your experience points like level up, yeah. level up, level up. But if you're playing you, Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon, yeah. same thing. As the you get to higher, higher level, you need way more. The way way slower progress. Way right. slower, and sometimes that can be distra- uh, de- de- demotivating. Yep, I would just give up. Level <laughs> sixty Charizard, that's it, dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think we're hitting ninety nine? No way. Yeah, and actually, I take it back. Probably before RuneScape, I was so obsessed. People would, people, my friends would call me out. They're like, "What the hell is wrong with you? Why do you want ninety nine everything? I want to max this thing out." Oh, with what? In Pokemon and yep. RuneScape. So, in RuneScape, I got level 99 strength. Dang. And it took, and I calculated the math because I said, how much experience, I said, remember, I needed 13 million experience points. And I was like, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta kill how many things? How many hours am I gonna invest in this game? I, I, I don't regret it because it showed me. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I did the math. If I play RuneScape, my limit was three hours a day, seven days a week, I can crush 21 hours, get my homework done, get all this other stuff done, uh, hang out with my friends, 21 hours a week, it'll take me nine months. And at that age, bro, nine months is a long time to do one task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have nothing else going on. Yeah. People listening, maybe this will be a clip, Dodi. RuneScape. I was at a, uh, I was at the one of the deserts in RuneScape. Where all these like, I'm familiar. These white. robe people uh, I can't remember if it was night it was robes white robes and I would just stand there in the middle and they automatically attack you and respawn so I would go protect melee and I would I would stack my inventory with magic po- uh, magic potions so I can keep retaining my uh, my pr- protect melee so I could oh yeah because you lose all your um, your magic gear, yeah. right wait yeah. do you lose your gear when you lose the game yeah you lose everything that you have when you die. Oh, on you. Yeah. So basically, I remember like standing there and I would just stay there mindlessly just doing one task over and over again. And of course, you get frustrated. You're like, how come 91 to 92? Oh, my gosh. 80 to 81 took seven days straight. Okay. <laughs> and then and then 81 to no, let's just say like 90 to 91 now took a month it's like what is going on and then from 98 to 99 it just took even longer and i was like but once i did it i felt so proud my friends called me a nerd and everything and, yeah, and yeah. i was i was proud I what was did like, you do with your newfound strength yeah i was peak player killing I oh was dominating. Dang, i was fighting PK. i was fighting bro i look it up on runescape whoops you died that's my name that's my runescape name <laughs> i have seven pk clips 
I, I'm sorry, not Whoops You Die. I'm so sorry. That was I was inspired by Whoops You Die. Cancel that plug. Uh, it was um, uh, what the heck was my username? Was it Uchiha seven six two? That's a pretty good nickname. Uchiha seven six two. Yeah, it's inspired username. by Naruto to never Wait, give up. Is it because there's seven hundred sixty two episodes? No, I think it was just a random, you know, like the auto I think fill. there's around that many episodes. Something like that, yeah. There's a lot of episodes, yeah. But, oh no, was my name Whoops You Died? It was Whoops You Died. <laughs> you looked it up. Should look it up on. Died. Try look it up, Dodi. So Dodi's looking it up. Anyway, I pull it up, Dodi. Dude, I was a beast, bro. I'm not. I'm. I'm just bragging right now. It's sl- slight I'll, flex. I I'll was take uh, it. just slight flexing on video games, bro. <laughs> but I was a beast, bro. Freaking, I'll ice barrage and level ninety something magic, and I was like just freezing people and slashing people. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. attack. But anyway, that was really cool because. Whoops! You died. There's no whoops! You died. Try spell it. Whoops, you died with a W zero zero P S. W zero zero P S. And then type in RuneScape. Okay, we're gonna do a quick Pokemon detour. Yeah. Because do you Dying remember Game Boy Colors when you had to have the cord if you wanted to trade? Oh yes. Okay, so I figured out it was like a cheat code. I, you know those books you get, like from you used to go to GameStop. Yeah. And there was a lot more stuff in there. That's right. And there would be like cheat code books. Bro, Game Shark. Uh, wait, the is that's the cartridge that's a, you stick in, right? Oh the, yeah, the no, that's to um make a game or cheats. That's the cheat. Cheats. Uh, you get oh, all the cheats dang. from that. The Game Shark. I never got one of those, but um, I figured out how to duplicate Pokemon. Dang. But you only get them from their first stage. Hmm. Does that make sense? It was like you go to Nurse Joy at like a specific town. And then like when there's three, because you know how it goes like, oh, no, you only take one. You get one ball, put it in. Anyways, you know how it says do not turn off power? And you turn it off. You turn it off. I did this too. You turn it back on. And then you get it again. Yeah. Then I would raise the thing again. You know, if you had any like like Charizard if you had any I mean you could trade a ball so you know how the goal was to get all three yeah or with the Pikachu or get all the Pokemon all together because yeah, you can only get sh- some in certain games yeah, yeah. so that was crucial in trying to holy crap. get all the Pokemon and then it's so funny because like how you did with the actually I guess you RuneScape is like you play with other people <laughs> like yeah. Pokemon you get all the Pokemon and you're just like did it <laughs> you know like, like i just crushed that's it that's just that's that's it i didn't even get to it but like what what's the point of having like a perfectly completed pokemon no game? yeah same with runescape a bit dude but the thing was did you find it dodi yeah so there's a playlist by whoops you die whoops you die Let's i would say, i would tell people i gotta see at least one of these Bro, I sold my account. For how much? I forget how much. It was a uh, it was hundreds of dollars. I think it was maybe a grand actually, and I was tripping out how much. Like, I was like, wow, I just got a grand for my efforts. But obviously, for my the amount of time I put in, it should've been way more than a grand. But uh, but anyway. Yeah, nine months that. of work yeah. and you got a grant. Yeah, I got a grant for nine months of work as a kid. But anyway, it was pretty trippy. Ah, yeah. the old RuneScape conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got to Let read. me see this. Let me see this. You got to read the first. It's so classic, like Call of Duty, like seventh, oh, seventh grader. Yeah, dude, this is like classic. There yeah. it was no censoring. It's not even bleeped out. Yeah, it was just straight. Uh, that's mayhem. Wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Just straight fighting. Just stay dominate. That is insane. It, it was so funny because I always had that like. This is how my family, when I was young, they thought I was nuts, because most of my relatives and cousins, most not all, a lot of them are more like, you know don't do this then they're not gonna do it 
I think you should do that. Okay, I'm gonna do that. And people would always tell me, bro, once you make up your mind, you just, just fucking don't change your mind, Justin. What the hell's wrong with you? You know, like sometimes you have to be like, you have to be more reasonable. You can't max out, you know, whatever, or you can't um, just keep pursuing that one thing. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, if you don't go all in, or like at least give your best. Like you're never gonna get good at whatever it is. It's yeah. gonna be like, uh, you know. Um. And I don't know where that comes from. It's just uh. You talking about that drive? Yeah. Whatever the same. It's like the same thing that made you want to get to level ninety nine strength. Yeah. You know that, and the feeling of accomplishment that you had yeah. then. It's like the same ability that you had you just had to re you just redirected it into something else yeah that you wanted to pursue yeah like with fitness yeah yeah and writing a book i yep. was like dude i gotta finish this book that's crazy uh yeah. i don't know if you said on the podcast but when you're um telling me about your teacher said don't write a book yeah they said just worry about just getting your grades up. <laughs> yeah and i was like but you know i, I want to dream and stop daydreaming i'm like dude i got i, I like dreaming i like dreaming about things and possibility and um yeah i mean that's uh that's uh that could be another podcast yeah so dang runescape video games and different uh judo jujitsu and judo and jujitsu and the four hormones dopamine oh, yeah. endorphins serotonin off. oxytocin yeah, that was pretty education. cool. That was pretty cool. So, hope you guys found some value in that. Yeah. And uh, episode 59, and we're going to wrap this baby up. Sweet. Remember, guys, if you guys haven't, please leave your comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts and, uh, and on YouTube because it really helps this thing grow and spread the word. So, um, yeah, just go type in, you got to get a podcast, uh, and then leave your reviews, whether it's good or bad. So, anyway. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace.